Today on Focal Point with Pastor Mike Fabares. If we are dependent people growing up to be more and more infantile, and that may sound offensive to some of you that don't know the, the great pleasure and satisfaction in being a child who trusts fully with a heart of faith in their Heavenly Father, that may offend you, but to grow up and be infantile in our relationship with God is to increasingly more and more get permission for what we do. What it means to have a childlike faith? There are many misconceptions when it comes to this phrase, and today on Focal Point, Pastor Mike Fabares is setting the record straight. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 18 that unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. So what did Jesus mean exactly? And how should we understand his words? Well, to share this message with a friend, go to focalpointradio.org. Now here's Pastor Mike. Nothing uh, quite like bringing home a newborn baby from the hospital. Do you remember that, you parents? Coming through the front door, you got this bundle there, team of nurses, long gone, doctors nowhere around. Remember we, uh, Carlin and I brought in little Matthew, especially your firstborn. You bring your first child there and you, you, you put stuff all around him or you lay him in that thing you bought for him. and. My wife and I kind of looked at each other and uh, said something to the effect of, what have we done, you know? What, what have we just now started? This is, uh, this is too much. This is overwhelming. Because here was this little blob laying in this thing, and we felt fully responsible. We felt fully responsible because this kid was fully dependent. You know, he couldn't do anything. does nothing on his own. He just wants you to do everything for him. I mean, he can't even hold his head up, you know, this little... Thing that you have. This child is helpless and dependent. But in time, this little guy starts to uh, strengthen his neck muscles and he starts holding his little face up and looking at you without any problems. Soon he starts to coordinate those little chubby hands and he can grab the bottle and put it in his own mouth. And soon enough, his fingers start to pick up his own Cheerios, you know, <laughs> and find the their way to his mouth. He starts to have those stout little legs motor his little body all over the house. And in time before you know it, he's, uh, praise God, uh, he's, he's going to the bathroom on his own, you know. Uh, he's uh, learning to tie his shoes. He starts putting on his own pajamas. In time, he's crawling into bed by himself. And before you know it, he's going places, uh, you know, with the neighbor kids. And he's off to school. And then he starts to make more and more of his own decisions and soon he gets his driver's license and he drives all over town and does his own thing and meets a gal and decides to get married, has children, buys a house. And then you're sitting back wondering, you guys have been through this, right? Thinking, why doesn't he ever call anymore, right? He's just out there doing his own thing. It's normal, and some of us are in the middle of that process. Some of you have lived through the process. Some of you have yet to start it, but it's a process of going from full dependence to complete independence. It's a process of growth and maturity. It's normal. It's natural. It's what you expect. You don't 
expect this child to continue to be dependent on you to constantly be there and dress him and tie his shoes. This child's going to grow up and it's moving toward a state of increasing independence. That's what we expect. If we don't see it, we're concerned, but we see it. That's the normal progression of things. That's how people grow up. That may be what we expect in human biological development, but if you try to apply that paradigm to the spiritual life, you're in big, big trouble because that's not how it works. As a matter of fact, it works just the opposite. The Christian life is not a move from dependence to independence. It is most definitely, according to the Bible, a move from independence to dependence. And that's really different. It fights our natural inclinations to say, I'm maturing, I'm growing up, I'm becoming a better Christian. And that means for most of us in our own personal experience that we're going to make decisions on our own. We're going to be more and more self-reliant and we're going to be able to think for ourselves and choose for ourselves. We get out of the childhood habits of depending on mom and dad, but it's not right. Because in the spiritual life, the goal of the Christian life is not to be an autonomous person. It's to be a fully dependent, fully trusting, fully reliant child of God. You see, child of God is a phrase that we see everywhere in the Bible. In your English Bibles, you see almost 600 times the word child or children. And a lot of times, granted, that word refers to little human beings, but a lot of times it's squarely placed on our shoulders as what God expects us to be. He expects us to be children. He called the Old Testament people the children of Israel. Apostle John loved this phrase for us. He said, you little children, using a very diminutive term, you small kids. Jesus Christ looked at the disciples in Matthew 18, and he said, unless you become like a little child, you can't even enter the kingdom of God. And then he used some very important Greek words to describe the fact that unless you become like an infant, like a tiny child, you'll never be great in the kingdom. You can't get in without being a kid, and you're never going to be great unless you're almost infantile in your relationship with your heavenly father. That fights the natural grain of our human thinking about how we're to be. We are out of those childhood habits, and yet the Bible says, you know what, that's what you need. You need to be more and more like a child. You need to grow up and be like a kid because that's really what mature, biblical, obedient Christian living is all about. What's great is we see some of God's heroes in the Bible, like King David in 2 Samuel chapter 5, show us what it means to be dependent. What are the practicalities of that? If that's God's goal for me, and he says, I can't be great without being a child, then how do I live as a mature, thinking, respectable human being in the 20th century world and yet have childlike characteristics? Let me show you. 2 Samuel chapter 5, and if you've been studying with this, you know we've left off right there in verse 17. Verse 17, the Philistines hear that David is the king, and in this passage, they are about to cause him a big problem. They're about to pose a challenge for the leadership of King David and his newly founded, newly unified kingdom. And what David is going to do is something that is incredibly godly, what is really mature, but it's very childlike. It is in God's sight the, the best thing you could do. It, it typifies, it exemplifies the real godly life. And yet, if we look at it, if you really think about it, there are such childish things that he does. Follow along with me as I read for you in verse 17 as the Philistines park right there in David's front door and say, you're not going to rule and reign. You've duped us, you've tricked us, you lived in Ziklag as a part of the nation of the Philistines, and now you're saying that you're the king. We didn't bother you while we had 
and saw Ishbosheth on the throne in the north, but now he's gone, he's dead. You seem to be the unified, unrivaled leader in Israel, and we don't like that at all. Not only did you deceive us, but you know what? Now you're a threat to us because all of Israel's looking to you. You're, you're going to have to go down. So the Bible says in verse 17, when they heard about David being anointed king over Israel, that is all of Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it. He went down to the stronghold. And now you can imagine, here's the problem. Verse 18, the Philistines had come and spread out in battle array, ready to fight the Israelites in the valley of Rephaim. So David, note it, inquired of the Lord. Key words, circle it. We see it all over in David's life, increasingly so as he grows up in his walk with God. He says, God, what should I do? Look at it, bottom of verse 19. Shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? I just need to know what you want me to do. Now, I'm thinking to myself, if I'm the newly appointed king, everybody's looking to me. I got military strategists. I got lots of experience. I got medals. I got stripes. I mean, I'm the guy. And everyone now sees me as the guy. And I see a threat coming against the nation and against my people and against my armies and against myself. This is a no-brainer. Of course you're going to fight them. And if you lost, it wouldn't make any sense because you're the king and God has set you up as the king. So sure, come on, stupid, go out there and fight these guys. That's what we might think. I mean, that's what we might even do. But David shows his maturity by showing his dependence. And in his dependence, he says, God, before I do the obvious, I need to just get your permission here. Taking notes this morning, that's the first thing that should demonstrate a growing and increasing habit in our lives. If we are dependent people growing up to be more and more infantile, and that may sound offensive to some of you that don't know the, the great pleasure and satisfaction in being a child who trusts fully with a heart of faith in their Heavenly Father. That may offend you, but to grow up and be infantile in our relationship with God is to increasingly more and more get permission for what we do. Number one on your outline, you and I need to get in the habit of getting permission. I mean, we've gotten out of that habit as kids. No offense, Mom, but I haven't asked my mom permission for much in a lot of years, right? I don't call her up, say, hey, Mom, I was thinking of taking a vacation in July. Would that be all right with you? You know? Yeah, thinking to make a few staff changes here at the church. Mom, I just I wondered what you thought. I don't do that. I don't do that. I used to do that when I was five, six, seven years old. I asked permission for everything. Can I go across the street? Can I get down from the table? Can I do this? Can I do that? And mom and dad were there to give me permission, but I've grown out of that. I'm an adult. I'm mature. I'm, I'm a self-reliant, self-sufficient, normal, functioning human being in this society. I don't ask permission very often. Well, if I'm out of the habit of asking permission, then I'll never grow up in the spiritual life because in the spiritual life, in the Christian life, in my walk with God, God is saying, would you please depend on me? Not less, would you depend on me more? And if you're depending on me more, you're like a kid and you're like a kid who needs to get permission for everything you do. And you're saying, God, can I? Would it be okay? Is this all right? Be careful. Before you do what seems obvious in your life this week, you have a threat at work. Well, respond to it. That's what you do with it. Now, before you do that, if you want to grow up in your, in your relationship with God, drop to your knees and say, God, would this be all right? Is this the right thing to do? Your boss comes in, offers you a promotion. No, that's a no-brainer. I've worked hard at this company. I've invested a lot of time here. This is what it's all about. Moving up. Yeah, of course. No, before you say yes, you'd better drop to your knees. If you want to be a spiritually mature person, say, God, would this be all right? I need to get permission for what happens in my week. I need to get permission for the options that lie before me. Because if you do what's obvious, many times you'll lose. 
Just ask Joshua. You're standing there, told by God to go fight these people in Jericho. You're supposed to take that city. Now tell me, you're going to invest in swords or you're going to invest in trumpets? <laughs> if you know the story, it isn't going to be swords that win that battle. If Joshua does the obvious, he loses. It's a good thing Joshua consulted with God, wasn't it? Perhaps you're Gideon. The Midianites have come up and marched against your, your, your land, and the obvious thing would be, I suppose, to get the troops together and start recruiting stations at every corner all throughout Israel and, I mean, get the army built up. I mean, that would be the obvious thing. You wouldn't want to pare them down. You wouldn't want to send fighting men home. But it's a good thing that he consulted with God because you know the story, don't you? God says you're not going to win with a big army. As a matter of fact, you need a small army. Good thing Gideon didn't do the obvious. Good thing Gideon consulted with God. Or perhaps you're Joseph. <laughs> got this great, you know, fiance. She's a wonderful gal. You trust in her. All of a sudden, she tells you she's pregnant. <laughs> what? I thought you were faithful. I thought you were loyal to me. Well, the obvious thing is to break up. Put her away. It's done. Forget about it. It's a good thing Joseph didn't do that with Mary, isn't it? It's a good thing Joseph consulted with God, and he didn't do the obvious. You see, the problem with you and I just going into our week, facing the challenges that we face, and just doing it without getting permission, is that you are not quite as qualified as God to make a good decision about what to do about that promotion, about that account, about that neighbor, about that relationship. God sees much better than you do. He sees every potential outworking and every ramification of every potential decision you could ever make. And you're just looking at the circumstances. Now tell me, who's got a better perspective on your life? God sees the future. He knows everybody who's involved that you don't yet know who's going to be affected by the decision you're about to make. I mean, how many of us would love to roll the clock back to a particular pivotal situation in our lives where we chose to do something without getting divine permission and we made a mess of our lives in that particular area? We'd love to go back, wouldn't we? And it all would have been solved if we would have got on our knees and said sincerely, God, what do you want me to do? I got a situation, the obvious seems like the obvious, but God, I don't want to do the obvious. I want to ask you permission. Would it be all right for me to take this promotion? This looks like a great ministry opportunity, but God, I don't want to do what's obvious. Is this, is this what you want? Now just let me know. Is that really what's best for, for me and for my family and for my church? You got situations that arise all the time that are going to be determined by whether or not you spend a little bit of time on your knees before God, saying, God, is this okay? Don't rely on your experience. Don't rely on what seems logical. Rely on, on the answer to that question. Okay, but I know how David was. He had a high priest there dressed in some fancy clothes. He was wearing some ephod. He had some, you know, dangling things off. This is this outfit they call the Urim and the Thummim, and it was like the crazy eight ball. He could go up and ask him a question, and out would come this answer. And I mean, that's not how it is today. Today it doesn't work that way. I ask God and I don't hear anything from God if that's really your experience and you haven't done it much. Because all of us in this room that genuinely know what it is to have a relationship with God and we have the Holy Spirit living in our lives, you spend a few minutes on your knees before God saying, God, here's an opportunity, here's a challenge, here's a situation. How would you like me to handle it? Would you like me to do this or do this? We know something. And in the vocabulary of the Christian circles, we talk about having peace from God. Have you experienced this? When we ask God, A or B, it's so clear, so often, so quickly that he says, peace about this. Yeah, do it. No, don't do it. And by the way, bring your Bible into that little prayer meeting. <laughs> because, you know, when you are facing a situation and you go into a situation with God in prayer and you say, God, tell me, give me guidance, give me direction. 
and you take your Bible and you open and you look at that passage you've been studying or you go through that book you've been, you've been going through, you start reading where you've been normally reading or you just open your Bible sometimes, you will see a passage of Scripture that, that relates directly to the decision you're dealing with. God is not hiding behind some dark veil. He's not, he's not lost in, in outer space somewhere. He is here anxious to talk with us and deal with us and speak to us in our hearts through the promptings of his spirit and through the, the words on the page of his Bible. And he'd love to talk to us and he'd love to give us permission or he'd love to say no. But sometimes in my life, isn't this true for you? We don't ask because we're afraid he'll say no. <laughs> and we think in some way that's logically a better choice. Don't ask because he might say no. Duh. I mean, if he says, no, this isn't good, and if it's not good, his commands are always for our good. Have you noticed that? And if he gets into your life and says, don't take that promotion, don't move into that new house, don't go there, and you really want to go there, but you ask him and he says, no, he's saving you grief. So always go and always ask. And don't pretend, you know, well, I just, you know, did you lay that one on your parents ever? Why didn't you ask me something? Well, I was afraid you might say no. I mean, that really helps, doesn't it? Mom and dad were real good at responding to that one. Don't do that to God. Constantly ask him permission, sincerely, willing to do A or B. I'm willing. I'm willing not to take it, and I'm willing to take it. I'm willing to speak up. I'm willing not to speak up. I'm willing to take the chairmanship of that. I'm willing not to take it. Just give me some direction. And if, by the way, your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling, and if, by the way, you're skimming through the Bible finding nothing that relates to it, every single person, every single person in this room should have some friends in their life, at least one, who knows the Bible better than they do. And they ought to have that phone number stuck in their Bible. When they face these decisions and they feel lost, they need to get on the phone and they need to say, hey, can we have a cup of coffee? Can we meet for breakfast tomorrow? Just let me lay out the situation before you. And you know, I'm praying, but I'm not getting any answers. And I'm looking in the Bible and I can't see anything that relates. And you know what, I know them and I trust them. And I'm gonna default to their insight into God's word and helping me through the yes or no decisions of life. Lay those requests before God. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll make your path straight. That's what Proverbs 3, 4, and 5 says. That's what it's all about. David asked. God gave him an answer. Go do it. You'll take him over. It's a good thing. You'll win. And in verses 20 and 21, you see the victory there. We'll get back to some interesting insights into those two verses, but drop down to verse 22. He wins the battle and round one is over, but the Philistines said, you know, we didn't send out our best men. <laughs> you thought it was over when you beat us, but you know what? Uh, we're gonna go round two here and you're not gonna get away with this, David. And the text says that the Philistines once more came up and spread out in the Valley of Rephaim. And David, I love it, here's the same word. It's in the Hebrew text all over the place and David's often the one doing it. He inquired of the Lord. What's that mean? He asked. He said, God, I need help here. Now, he doesn't say what you and I might say. Hey, God, we just went through this. We just did this. I can pull out my notes on what we did last time. He says, no, I need to ask you again. That's what little kids do. You can't go to mom and dad and say, well, you know, I went and spent the night at Johnny's house last night because you said it was okay last weekend. Well, you know, you got to ask for, you know, every incident you need to ask. You don't depend on yesterday's permission for today's challenges. And you shouldn't either. 
You may have handled that situation at work this way, and it may have been clear that God guided you, but go back again and get permission again and ask God. And sometimes when you ask God and say, should I do it, should I not do it, he'll answer. But much like in David's life, he'll answer with some specifics. Look at it, verse 23. David inquires of the Lord and God, he, Yahweh, answered and said, details coming here now. Uh, you know, when you go fight those Philistines, um, yeah, I want you to do it, and it's a good thing, but don't go straight up. What I'd like you to do is I'd like you to circle around behind them, attack them from, you know, where those balsam trees are? Yeah, start there. There's some troops out there. And then as soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, maybe they had scouts up there, maybe they heard the trees moving. Who knows what, what this was all about? But once you hear that, then, then move quickly, because that will mean, underline this, Yahweh has gone out in front of you. Ooh, that's an interesting phrase. More on that in a minute to strike the Philistine army. And David, unquote, I mean, that's a long yes, isn't it? <laughs> because it's filled with instructions. So David did as Yahweh commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines. And what do you know? Amazingly, he wins. He wins and pushes them back from Gibeon to Gezer all the way back to the area of the Palestinian coast where the Philistines lived. Pushed them back. Go back. Go home. And it all happened because he said, not only yes, he said, here's how I want you to do that. And David said, I'll follow those instructions. I'll do that. Here's the problem. Sometimes we go to God for permission. We say, God, you know, should I do this or should I not do this? Should I sign up for this? Should I not sign up for this? Should I go on this trip? Should I not go on this trip? God, give me a yes or no. And as soon as God says yes, a lot of times you say, thanks a lot. I'm out of here. And we go. I was like going to your, your parents as a kid and saying, you know, uh, John, Johnny, Johnny's going to take us to, to Knott's Berry Farm this weekend. And, and he says he'll drive and his mom's going to take us and I got money. And gonna go, can I go? Can I go? Can I go? Can I go? And mom says, yeah, but I want to tell you some things about when you go there and starts laying out instructions. And then you do this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the packing. You say, I, I, I don't want your instructions. I just want your permission, right? Just quick, tell me yes or no, but I don't want you to sit here and lecture me as to how to do it. See, in the Christian life, if you're going to be more and more dependent on God, it's going to be more than just getting if you can do something. It's going to be, okay, God, now I'm willing and patient enough to sit and wait and tell me how I'm supposed to do this. So yeah, God, you told me I should take this new job, and this is a good thing for me to do. But you know, I want to sit for just a few more minutes here with you and see if you'll give me some direction on how you want me to do this. We're hearing basic instructions for the challenges you face from Pastor Mike Fabares. You're listening to Focal Point. Now, if you'd like the study notes, or if you'd like to listen to the complete message without interruption, go to focalpointradio.org. Focal Point is committed to exploring and proclaiming the depths of Scripture to those in desperate need of truth. Thank you for investing in our work so we can continue impacting lives for Christ through communicating God's Word verse by verse. To give, call 888-320-5885 or donate online at focalpointradio.org. You know, recently we received an email from Caleb who encouraged us with this message. I just want to thank Pastor Mike for expanding my knowledge as I walk through this journey. I'm 21 and I've been going through a lot of adversity. I've been diagnosed with ADHD, anxiety and depression, and bipolar 2 disorder. I fell into a deep, dark place. I prayed for guidance, and I came across his sermons and the lessons were about when life is tough. I have felt relief and found joy through God's Word, and I have become stronger and more confident in myself. 
Thank you, saying what God wanted me to hear. I feel calm and more relaxed with the world because I know there's a place that's far better than this one. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you for sharing your story, Caleb, and we pray that more people just like you will discover freedom and confidence through a relationship with God. Your donation helps keep Focal Point on the air, reaching thousands like Caleb with the light and truth of Christ. In addition to producing this daily program, Focal Point also provides biblical tools like weekly devotional emails and practical Bible teaching resources. This month's featured book is called The Essential Scriptures. To give and request your copy of this helpful reference handbook, call 888-320-5885 or go to focalpointradio.org. If you prefer sending your donation by mail, write to Focal Point, Post Office Box 2850, Laguna Hills, California, 92654. Well, I'm Dave Drewy, inviting you to join us again next time as we continue our study of 2 Samuel chapter 5. That's Thursday on Focal Point. Pastor Mike here. You know, it's an honor to be with you every day, helping you explore the depths of Scripture. But I want to be clear, no amount of Bible knowledge is ever going to save you. Be sure where you stand with God. Get in touch with us. We'd love to pray with you and for you. Visit us today at focalpointradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Focal Point Ministries.